and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Branham. It's Joe George behind the glass, and it is a Taco Tuesday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You know who invented Taco Tuesday? You, Jeremy, That's and right. LeBron James was second. I invented uh, I invented Taco Tuesday. LeBron was second. Although LeBron won the first ever NIT, he was first with that. So mm-hmm. there is that. Uh, we spent a lot of day yesterday uh, talking about this Texans team. We're going to spend a lot of today talking about this Texans team. We'll get to the Rockets. It was an impressive. It was a good win yesterday. Yeah. To me, it wasn't so much an impressive win over the Spurs. It was more of a you didn't put a you didn't pop the balloon after what was an impressive win at Denver. That was the biggest thing yesterday. Because like you lose to San Antonio at home, then you forget about the Denver win on the road, mm-hmm. and that was an impressive win. Even though you, I don't believe in ugly wins, but even though that game was ugly and you won, whatever you won the game. That's a game you don't win next last year. No, I don't think so. They won because the defense, they won because and they the don't play defense a year ago, two years ago. So they got a game against a team that everybody loves to beat in the Spurs, and they're awful. Mm -hmm. But you're right. They did enough to win, and that was a game they wouldn't have won a year ago. Where does the Astros trio stack up amongst other great trios in Major League Baseball? The Dodgers, the latest and greatest. Would you even entertain the idea of playing C.J. Stroud on Sunday? And do the Texans win the division, make the wild card, miss the playoffs? So lots to get to today. It is a cash-em or trash-em Tuesday as well. But a lot of time talking about what was an awful game yesterday for the Texans. Uh, arguably the worst. You could throw Carolina in the mix there. Uh, maybe you can throw Atlanta in the mix there. I, I hesitate throwing that one in the mix. I think Carolina and New York are the two mm-hmm. biggest debacles, and this one was the worst of the bunch. All of that being said, the season's not over, guys. The season's not over. I was listening to D'Amico Ryans with Rock and Roll and John Harris yesterday. That's where, that's where D'Amico really talks, by the way, is whenever he's doing those YouTube podcasts with uh, – with Vandermeer and Harris, mm-hmm. he doesn't give anything to the media. He gives nothing to the media. I wonder how long we're going to play this music out here. Yeah, I thought way. we might. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we might be looking for an encore jam session with Joe George. Uh, maybe like a jazz bar. Joe fell asleep at the. Who are you talking to in there, Joe? I'm getting the tweet ready. <laughs> he talk, what are you doing in there, Joe? I'm getting the tweet ready. I'm looking for a gift. Uh, how long does that song go on? Thought, we didn't know. We might get another trumpet solo and a little more bass and. Don't, Bring uh, it all down. Don't text while driving and don't tweet while driving a show or running a show or producing a show. But D'Amico didn't give anything you know, to the crowd. But, you know, I know, the people, media, I, say. I know people that were pretty close to him and are pretty close to him when he was hired. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is about, like, absolute trust. And he was, like, before he even took the job and right after he took the job, it was combing through and almost, like, interviewing without interviewing people, trying to develop trust. And I think that's one of the big things. He knows he's not going to get burned by those guys. I I like that characteristic about D'Amico. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't give much information to the media either. Like I would say as little as I possibly could. What adva- What are you gaining out of it? You're not gaining anything out of it. Maybe you're gaining that you know people might write a little bit better about you. Maybe you're getting some personality points. Maybe you're auditioning for life after coaching, but you get nothing out of it from a coaching point of view from being a head coach. Now. I think you're onto something there, but at the same time, like the audience is the same. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to get burned by being with those guys because they're not going to throw him under the bus. Whereas like media, media in Houston probably wouldn't either, but you know they're more likely to. 
but the audience is the same. Like who is who is digesting that information is the same. What he is saying and the audience he is speaking to is the exact same. So like he he does give those guys more. Maybe he is comfortable, you know, being comfortable with them uh, versus you know being at the you know head of the media press conference or whatever. whatever. Yeah. But th- but that's why I like listening to it. Long story short, all this stuff doesn't really matter. But it's why I like listening to it. He he was talking about his message to the team yesterday. Like tell the truth Monday. But at the end of tell the truth Monday, he's sitting there and he's telling the team that guys we're we're in a good position like we're in a position that's better than anybody thought that we would where we were in we're in a position where we still control our destiny we're in a position where we're seven and six uh, going into our last few games we're still in a position where we control our own destiny tell the truth monday you have all that but at the end of the day yes we are still in a spot where we can do something that not many people thought that we could do and it is true it is true about this texans team no matter how bad sunday was the season isn't over. What's ahead of the Houston Texans, they can still make the postseason. With the schedule that they have, who, who's to say that they won't win the next four games and go into the postseason? Um, you know, the injuries are certainly something that you got to talk about. But the Texans' position right now, if, if you eliminate the Jets game on Sunday, I know it's very, very difficult to do because it's the latest taste in our mouth. It's the last thing we saw, and it was awful, atrocious, brutal. But the Texans are 7-6 and six with four to play at Tennessee, home versus Cleveland, home versus Tennessee, at Indy. They have everything ahead of them. The season is not over yet, despite how bad Sunday was. No, it's not. But at the same time, the same way when it was sunshine and rainbows and everybody was jumping on and every, anybody, everybody had the grandiose expectations, the, you understand through, and maybe part of it is what these, this fan base has been through in the last couple of years, but you got a lot of people a, a lot more, with a lot more skepticism coming Monday morning after that loss on Sunday. When when they saw what they saw, they started questioning themselves for jumping on too soon. You saw a lot of people that were digging really deep and trying to really grasp at some straws to try to point some fingers and find a way to say, maybe maybe we, we did this too soon. Maybe, maybe this is going to be a bad thing. This is a really good up-and-coming football team that's done a lot of good through the course of this entire season. The problem is you can't control injuries. And right now, as much as you've been depleted most of the year on the offensive line, the receiving core, which was really good, even though we thought they were going to be really bad to start the year, has taken some significant blows. Obviously, losing Tank was the biggest. And now your quarterback, the one guy you could ill afford to lose, takes a blow to where he's probably going to miss this week, and and you hope not more. But if he does, it's going to have a whole lot of people second-guessing a whole lot of things when, in fact, no matter what happens at the end of the season, this has been a really, really big positive season for the Texans. Yeah, and to me, the season's not over, right? Like, you still have the games that are in front of you. You can still go out and win those football games, and I still think that they're winnable football games. Yes, I know that the Tennessee Titans beat Miami. Kind of a fluky game. Like, hey, you tip your cap to Will Levis. You You tip your cap to the Titans for being in that fight and then rallying late to beat the Dolphins. That's a good win. Like mm-hmm. that, this first time that the Titans with Will Levis have won on the road. Uh, he did it in come from behind fashion. Like it does not look as promising today as it did before that game yesterday, or even Saturday when you're looking ahead about going to Nashville and trying to beat the Titans. But I agree with D'Amico. Like, you still have the season in front of you. The season is not over. You still have a winning record through 13 games. Uh, I think that Sunday's going to be daunting. But if you win that game, yeah, it's a big if, right? Vegas has it about as a pick of money. What is that spread, by the way? I think the Texans opened up as favorites, and then it's been bet down a little bit. Let me pull it up real quick. Because it's probably about a pick game. 
It's uh, actually Titans minus two and a half. So you got Titans minus two and a half. That's you know that's that's right there in the wheelhouse of being able to go there and win a football game. Now I think that number probably indicates the status of quarterback C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. By the way, but that's a game you can go win. So if you just, if you can get out of Sunday's game of victory, if you can leave Nashville with the win. Now you get healthy, you're eight and six, and you have three winnable games. And you got that team one more time. And you had that team one more time. Yeah, and you got them at home, so you have a chance to really capitalize. So that's why I agree with D'Amico here. Like I understand the bad feeling of yesterday. I, I really do. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna overlook what happened in New York. Weather, not listening to that. Uh gave up three hundred yards to Zach Wilson in you know, the it rained the whole game. It rained the whole game. You gave up thirty points to the Jets. The Jets had their best game of the year in one half against you. We're not going to forget any of those things. You can't forget any of those things. But the Texans have shown the ability to bounce back. Remember, they lost to Carolina after the bye, and then they won their next two games, including a win at Cincinnati. So the Texans do that again, put themselves in a position to make a run here. But why Sunday so critical? I don't think C.J. Stroud's going to play. Uh, like Blake Cashman's already been reported that he's going to miss a, a week or two. Tavier Thomas, he's not your starting nickel anymore, but apparently he's going to miss a week or two. No update on Nico Collins. Uh, no update on C.J. Stroud. If you can escape Nashville with a win and you're eight and six and then you get healthy, I think you're a playoff team. Like Sunday's game's critical and it stinks that it's all in the hands of Davis Mills, but Sunday's game against the Titans probably defines your season. It's a big if. It's a big if that you didn't think you'd have to face because of the way that this team is playing. But if you could win Sunday, didn't seem like something that you were going to face because you're playing a team like Tennessee and you thought when you looked at the schedule, hey, there's a chance when we start doing it in quarters. And we started breaking down the schedule. Hey, there's a chance that they could really steamroll to the end to the finish line and put themselves in a great position. And now you're saying you're limited and, and everything's changed and your outlook on it has changed because your quarterback is down and you got to beat well Will Levis and the Titans in Tennessee. And we were talking a few weeks ago about that being game being big from a fan's perspective if they wear the old Oilers jerseys, but it seems like that the Texans would be in a position of strength against a team like Tennessee, which seemed to be in disarray. And now it seems like momentum has switched. And now it seems like everybody's looking at Tennessee and looking at what Levis did last night and looking at this thing saying, hey, they got the better quarterback in this game now because of what happened. And they're riding the wave of beating Miami. They're going to come in feeling really good about themselves. And we're going to have to find out how this Texans team reacts to not having CJ, not having Tank, and possibly not having more. Do you, do you think that? Do you think, uh, you think Levis is better than Mills? I do. Yeah, I'm torn. Um, I, no, 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 I watched that game last night, and I was watching both games. The one thing I will say is, is that he cannot continue to play the way he played last n- night no, he because can't. he is he is going to get killed. I think he's far more talented than Mills. There's no question that he's far he's far more talented than Davis Mills. But in terms of like leading an offense, Lev is still very much a rookie. Like you said, he has a reckless style of play. He had the fumble yesterday. He had the pick six on a halfback screen. I don't know if you ever saw him. And like you mentioned, the, his reckless style is not sustainable. You can't. You, you, you keep can't trying to run over dudes. front now, seven type players. You're going to get your ass killed. Now, he did it. <laughs> yeah, he's a strong kid. <laughs> he was delivering the blow more times than he was the one having the blow delivered. Uh, but you're right. That's not sustainable. I, I don't like that if I was his head coach, but I don't think that they really care. I think you're right. The, the throw that last night when they needed it in the red zone late when the receiver caught it, and then after further review, it looked they, they ruled that it was incomplete. That yeah. was a hell of a pass. That was a laser. I don't believe Davis Mills can make that pass. No. Yeah, And I think that in itself, with arm strength and just physical tools, I, I give the edge to Levis. But you're right. I would fully expect that's the kind of guy. 
don't kick back in zone on on him because that's the kind of guy that's going to give you plenty of opportunities to to take the ball away. Yeah, he's going to give you. He's going to give. I think it's because of his arm talent. Like he's so like cocky with his arm talent. He's like, oh, I can fit it in there, and it's like, uh, oh, that's a stupid throw. Yep. Uh, he he lacks some of the the fill, some of the know how, and I think that the fill and the know how a lot of times are things that are very difficult to achieve. Like I think they're very difficult to learn and develop. Now, if he can. The Titans have a quarterback. I don't love that system for any quarterback, but I don't. If I was stacking up and I had, if everything else was equal, if I had the same exact football team on the left as the in the same exact football team on the right, one of them gets Davis Mills and one of them gets Will Levis today to go win me a football game. Yes, Levis is far more talented, but I'm not sure I'm picking him to be my quarterback because I think Davis Mills can manage the game far better than Levis. Levis is a turnover machine it's because he's a rookie. Yes, he's more talented. But I don't think it's a slam dunk. Levis is better at leading his team to victory than Davis Mills as of right now, today in the NFL. I I only do because of the fact that I've seen too much of Davis Mills when he has to make like what should be simple throws, and they become difficult because of his lack of accuracy. Yeah, and Levis has that too. But but I think Davis is very slow in delivering the football too sometimes, and and, and he's obviously nowhere near the physical specimen that that Levis is in terms of being able to run, being able to run over guys. Being able to get extra yards, I don't think you're going to see Davis Mills do those kind of things either. But I think that when you look at this, this is what they sh- what you didn't do against Zach Wilson. You damn well better do uh, against a guy like Levis because he can he can give it to you in a hurry. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. I'm curious what y'all think. Davis, everything else is equal. Ceteris paribus. I think that's the the Greek word. Everything else is equal. Or it might be a Latin term. I, I have no idea. that one out. I had nowhere. I've never heard you know that where I, le- I learned that from that Robin Williams movie. What was it? Which one? I can't remember. He's like a teacher. Dead Poet Society? Yeah. I learned that word from Dead Poet Society. Everything else is equal. Will Levis or Davis Mills to win you a football game today? 713-780-3776. So we just spent the last 13 minutes talking about how the season is not over. The season is not over for the Houston Texans. The Texans are in deep trouble. I'll tell you why. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. First, a moment on HRP Human Resources and Payroll. It's Cougar owned by my colleague, O'Cooks. Members of the Cougar 100 for the eighth year in a row now. That's awesome. You've seen the HRP signs of U of H games. You've seen their beautiful building off the beltway. Business owners, let HRP help you. Give this to yourself this holiday season. Uh, they can help you in HR compliance, benefits administration, payroll, onboarding. HRP can help in any or all of these areas. There's no boxes with HRMP. Doesn't matter how small, doesn't matter how big. HRMP completely customizes a plan for what you and your business needs. You have a problem, you have an issue, you want to take a little off your plate, you want to spend more time on the golf course. I'm just kidding. Maybe HRMP will find a way to help. They do it in a way that's unique. Technology meets service. They have the best technology. You'll love that, but you will fall in love with their service. Guaranteed fulfillment. You will never talk to a stranger. You'll be talking to someone who knows you. They know your business needs. We use HRMP here at Gal. I love them. My checks are always on time. That's great. Thank you, Mr. Gal. The insurance is fantastic. Website portal that's easy to understand. I get all my days off. Take care of your employees. Give them HRP too. Give them a call at 281-880-6525 and let HRP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525. Or check them out at HRP.net. That's HRP.net. Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Levis or Mills, who would you rather have? Didn't think we were going to talk about this today, but here we are. This texture 
What a surprise. A discussion question to lead you to choose Will Levis. You just can't quit him. Heart emoji. I didn't do I didn't bring it up. Blankers throw it at you. Blankers organically came yeah. up with it. And it was actually Blankers that said he would take Levis. I would. I said I would take Mills right now. So you're okay, text a little bit off base. Texture. Let, let me let me respond to that. It's before you go trying to take that kind of a shot. Let me ask you a question. If you polled every general manager in this league right now and you said you got to take one or the other, yeah. how many guys are taking Davis Mills? I'm curious what well, you think because, in my opinion, more than half are taking Will Levis. Well, it's a different. It's two different questions. It's win a game today versus who would you rather have as your quarterback for the next five years are very different questions. But I'm saying if we're throwing the question out, even for this week, it, it becomes a skill set. It becomes an overall who's a better quarterback. And I, I don't think it changes my answer. I'm taking, I would take Levis this week. I would take Levis long-term. I would take Levis next year. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with whatever mistakes he might make and uh-huh. know that his arm talent, for as much as the mistake he might make may cost you, some of the things he could do with his arm that Davis Mills can't is going to benefit you. Yeah, but he is a walking mistake. He's got a cannon for an arm. Disagree. I think Mills is probably more accurate. I think Mills is going to make a little bit better decisions. Uh, Levis, long-term, no doubt. Now, one game today, everything else equal. I'm actually leaning Mills on this, which might be a surprise to all of you. Uh, six Key from L.A., uh, it's not a question. Give me that Stanford education. Have y'all looked into Levis's eyes? He looks like a crazy ex-boyfriend. Uh, he does play with an attitude. He he plays with a little bit of bravado and cojones. I don't hate it. Now, it can be a little bit idiotic at times, to Blanker's point, when he's trying to run over linebackers. Did you see him come off the field after the last score last night? Yeah, he's, he's got heart. He's chest button and shoulder rocking guys on the sidelines. One of the dudes was in street clothes and looked at it, after, looked at, like to someone on the side after he got hit, like, the hell just hit <laughs> jack says levis all day not saying much with the titans have won last night with mills behind center i think not thanks guys love the show i think it's fair That's but it's point. two different games and it's much different teams like i think levis is more volatile like levis is going to have bigger games but he's going to have worse games whereas davis mills is going to kind of be a steady hand so it kind of depends on what you need that week uh, 9618 give me general mills hashtag mills mafia forever uh syed is on the line i think there's a true crime project Podcasts. I think it was a serial killer named Saeed or a murderer named Saeed. I hope this is way not to, this way Saeed. To, way, to saw, way, to, way to fluff a guy up and make it positive before he even gets on the air. I mean, it's just a caller. It's not a guest. Jeez. We don't have to fluff up callers. We do have to do that with guests. Saeed, I hope you're not a murderer, but you're in the hive of the killer bees. What's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, no, I'm not, not the murderer, fortunately. But um, I you say think, unfortunately? Um, unfortunately. <laughs> I said, fortunately, I would go with Mills right now for one game and a few reasons. This is pretty much the same Titans defense they had last year. I think Mills beat them both times. And um, I do think that, uh, fine, Levis is better, but I think if Collins is out, you know, they'll probably stack more in the box against a running game. He'll probably have to count on the tight ends. But I think one game, you know, we we just got embarrassed by the Jets. I think it's going to be a hard week of practice. I, I personally think one game right now, I, I, I think I would give it to Mills. I, uh, you know, question about the career, obviously, probably go to Levis. But, and also, frankly, Mills is probably auditioning for uh, the future of his career as a backup or maybe a chance somewhere else. So I think Mills really comes out strong. And even if they go to Keenum, I think Keenum comes out strong. So I think one game, I, 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 to be honest, I give Mills the edge. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'll hang up and listen. I'm with you, Saeed. I'm with you on that one. Blankers differs a little bit. Um, someone texted if they ruled Shroud out already. No, they haven't. This is incredible. Um, 
I guess, guessing of what's going to happen Sunday. I would say it's more of a hypothesis than a guess. It's an educated guess based on guys that get concussions and hurt their heads. Yes, quarterbacks have come back in less than seven days. I don't think the Texans will be doing that with Stroud. Just an educated guess. He's not been ruled out at all. Uh, There has been some dialogue about Keenum or Mills. I don't think that they're going to give Keenum the start when Davis Mills has been the active guy all year long he like why why would you give Keenum the start over Mills whenever Mills has been active every single week I I don't see that happening okay I'll answer uh, I want to answer that just primarily based on the fact that I I understand and you're and you're probably right that that's the way they're going to do it but for me they're in a different position that they than they were in from for at least early in the season in the fact that Case was just supposed to be a big brother and a tutor and a mentor and to do the kind of things through experience to get CJ what he needed. But I think at a certain point, you're in a position to win a playoff football, to, to make, a, make your team a playoff football team and, and win a game or two that you absolutely need to have to give yourself the best chance to get in. It's a different conversation, but it's an interesting one, in my opinion. And Lamont brought it up yesterday on Twitter, and I answered Keenum then, and I'll answer Keenum now. I think that because of the situation, because of the fact that this team is teetering on a playoff berth, that I trust Case Keenum more. He has more experience. He's had more success overall. And I have no problem at all if D'Amico comes to the podium at some point this week and says, we're going to give Case Keenum the start tonight or today on Sunday in, in Tennessee because we believe that he gives us the best chance to win this football game. Oh, I would, I would be fired up. I mean, I'd be fired up. I'd be yelling, go Cougs. I'd be wearing my Case Keenum jersey on Friday. In fact, as a way to try to get D'Amico Ryans to do this, I might wear my Case Keenum jersey. No, we're going to be at the golf course. They don't allow jerseys at the golf course. Uh, I'm going to wear my Case Keenum well, jersey on Thursday. on the wall. Yeah, but that's not wearing. Oh. That's decor. Um, yeah, I would love this. I, I just, if you, D'Amico's already given you his answer. I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just telling you D'Amico has already given you the answer. If the guy that's been active each and every week, because look, they think about this. They think, okay, well, if, if Stroud turns his ankle, if Stroud hits the turf too too hard, we have to go to a backup. Who would we prefer to be our backup? They, they think about the two deeps. They think about who's active and who's not active. They've told us who they feel more confident in to play some snaps in one of their football games. And it's been Davis Mills every single week. I haven't seen Case Keenum throw a football this year. Davis Mills has looked okay in like the three passes that he's had. That's way too small a sample to like gauge things. Uh, Keenum has resume. Yeah, Davis Mills hasn't looked good these last couple of years. I would just be stunned if they go from Davis Mills is our active backup each and every week. Every week. Every single week. Case Keenum's been at, inactive every week, and then we're going to flip it now. I, I don't I, see that happening. I think you're right. A lot of people would be stunned. But I, I, I would not question it if they decided to do that because at a certain point you're not worried and you bring this up all the time you're not worried about feelings at this point in the season nope you're worried about i'm never worried about feelings right and you're worried about winning a football game against a team you're going to play twice down the stretch here that you need more than maybe you thought you were going to need going into it because of the situation with your injuries and if you take a guy that has playoff experience but also has playing experience and playing in big games, and knowing the NFL, and knowing how to play intelligent quarterback play. I don't care where he went to school, Key. I'm talking about a guy that has real-life experience reading defenses and, and moving the football. I trust I trust Case Keenum more than I trust Davis Mills. Well, Case went to a school that's known way more for its academics than Davis Mills' school is known for its academics. Depending so on who you ask. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. It does depend yeah. on who you ask. Uh, Lamont, 713-780-3776. He says, it's something really perverse when Houston fans are pessimistic and the killer bees are talking hope and optimism. I feel like I'm in some alternate universe. All right, Lamont, hang tight, because this is why the Texans are in deep trouble. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Apollo, best in the business at getting you more energy on a daily basis, taking care of all the little needs and things that you are trying to figure out in your life as you get older, as you get busier, as you get more stressed out, and there are certain things you think you can't fix. You can't get back again. Actually, going to Apollo Men's Health, you're fine. You're going to find out more times than not. They have a solution. They have a plan, and they can help you like they've helped so many people here in Houston. Three locations to better serve you all near downtown Houston or in the surrounding areas like League City. Bottom line is go to their website, ApolloMH.com, see all the services they offer. You're probably going to find a few that you know have been hampering you that might be able to help you. Sign up for an appointment right there online and then go in and just be honest with them. Answer their questions. Tell them where you're lacking. Maybe you don't have enough energy on a daily basis. Maybe you want to go in the gym and do it the right way and need to figure out a plan. Maybe you don't have time for the gym, but you know you need to lose a couple of pounds. They have all those solutions and more like recovering after a tough workout or charting your progress to make sure that you're staying on your course and path, even if you don't feel like you're making strides. All these things are attainable with the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Mention my name, Joel Blank, get a free B12 shot on your first official visit or a free body composition analysis to chart your numbers and figure out where you are and where you need to go when you start working out. Or maybe you want your lab results after doing some blood work and trying to figure out where you're lacking and what you need to do. They'll take care of you. They'll give you honest answers. But the main thing is they're going to put you on a plan that works and get you the results you need. I am living proof. These people are fantastic. I need you guys to check them out and see if they can help you too. Go see my friends today at Apollo Men's Health. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. 1706, I agree with Blankers. You need a volatile type like Levis. Neither team is enough going on right now that you need just a guy who can make sure he doesn't turn the ball over or control the game. Both teams, Texans or Titans, need somebody who's going to make a big play. Davis Mills has not made a big play yet. He's had his chance. I just want to mark this date, December 12th. I want to mark this time, 332, that this is the day all of you are trying to convince me to pick Will Levis. Just want to mark that. Just want that noted for the record, okay? Just want that noted for the record. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Is this the point where we go duly noted? Yeah, please. Yep, yep. please. Duly I, want noted. You, I, I need a witness to me saying this, not that we Can don't I get archive a all of our podcasts. Um, now, here's why the Texans are in deep trouble, Blankers. We just talked about the season's not over. You're 7-6. and six. You have everything in front of you. You have four winnable games. You're playing a rookie quarterback in two of those games, the same guy. Uh, you're playing Joe Flacco in one of those games, unless he gets hurt. You're playing Gardner Minshew in one of those games. Everything's in front of you. Now, the Texans have struggled with bad quarterbacks. But here's why they are in deep trouble, and I feel like my Texans balloon or bubble has popped. Your quarterback is hurt. Your quarterback is hurt. The guy we've talked about that is re- like, that has resurrected this entire franchise, mostly him, you got to give credit to D'Amico too, is hurt. He's got a head injury. He's hurt. He's probably not going to play. Hopefully it's just one game. If it's more than that, uh-oh. Hopefully it's just one game. On top of that, you have absolutely zero skill 
players around him that are worth a darn. You know, maybe Damian Pierce was in a different scheme. Singletary's been the better of the two, but is he still like a weapon? Eh, I don't. I hesitate and stop short of calling Devin Singletary a weapon. Who knows what's going on with Dalton Schultz? Brevin Jordan's been only okay. He's been fine. He's been okay, but he's no Dalton Schultz. You don't have Tank Dell. Who knows if you're going to have Nico Collins? That is terrifying. The offense is going to be t- potentially terrifying on Sunday. Can you imagine if if you have no C.J. Stroud? You have obviously no Tank Dell. You have no Nico Collins. Maybe Dalton Schultz doesn't play again. What? You're in deep doo-doo. The offense is going to look dreadful if you're without all of those guys. Yeah, look, if you start taking a, a, a checklist or we started putting together a list of the Texans' best players overall, offense, defense, doesn't matter. Just start listing them. And then you start taking a line and drawing through the names of those that aren't going to be available Sunday and maybe for longer than that in the case of, like, Tank Dell – you, you start realizing that if you're talking about half of your top 10, maybe, if you're talking about close to t- half of your top 10, or even if you start approaching that number of 5 out of 10, you're in a tough situation. How are they going to score the ball? Like, how are they going to score the ball? I mean, it's good Kaimi Fairbairn's coming back because now you can make a field goal from 40 yards or more. That's cool. That's good. I mean, you're going to try and – are you going to try and change your mind and run the football? You should. Are you, and are you going to be able to run the football? Maybe not. Because you can try it, but you might not be successful doing it. And then what are you going to do? And is Bobby Slowick going to be able to change and tweak the offense so that if we don't have your two best receivers, can you change the philosophy in terms of in, in which you go about attacking a defense so that it more better suits the talent left in the huddle? That would be a help. It's scary. The offense could be potentially the worst offense in the NFL if you don't have your quarterback, if Nico's not back, and, and Schultz is not back. Because now, basically, it's last year's offense without receivers. It's it's Davis Mills. It's a combination of Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. And then who is his top target? Who, who It's Robert Woods. Noah Brown, that's a downgrade from Brandon Cooks last year. Now, if Schultz isn't playing, it's Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan was on this football team last year. So that's something that why – that's like one example why the Texans are in deep trouble. Secondly, watch this film back yesterday, Blankers. This offensive line right now cannot block its shadow. Mm-mm. It is terrifying. Look, I know Quinnen Williams very, very good football player. Michael Dieter is best suited as a backup right now, so it's going to be a long day for Michael Dieter against Quinnen Williams. He got dominated. The Jets, most times, whenever they got pressure, you know how they were doing it? With four guys. The Texans' offensive line with five could not protect four from staying away from C.J. Stroud. There was times the Texans would use max protect with seven, and the Jets would only send one extra blitzer. It was seven on five. Guess who got pressure? The Jets. I don't know what the issue is. I don't think it's like all talent, because this Texans' offensive line has some talent. Uh, Number 78 is one of the most talented left tackles in the game. Uh, Juice Scruggs has potential to be a very good football player. Dieter's probably a career backup. I think Shaq Mason's a solid right guard. And I think Fant can be a solid, eh, okay, maybe an above average to average right tackle when he's healthy, and he's been healthy all this year. Whether it's like slide protections, I don't know if Stroud's getting him, getting him into him. I don't know if it's a Dieter thing. They cannot protect 
four a four man rush, and I know the Jets have a good defensive line, but if you can't protect a four man rush, you cannot win football games. No, exactly right. And you're talking about a veteran defense that still has enough talent on defense that can provide pressure. You're talking about a defensive guy in Vrabel that knows how to get things done, and he's going to see what we see, and he's going to realize there's plenty of ways you can get home on this offensive line. Why it's perplexing is because after the first two weeks when they led the league and giving up sacks and they looked like they were in complete disarray, they started to find a way. From week to week, whether it's musical chairs or different schemes or how they went about their business, they found a way for an extended period of time to keep CJ clean, keep him upright, and give him the time he needed to execute the offense. And now suddenly the wheels are falling off. Yes, you've lost some guys as well. They've fallen off. And you've lost guys that were part of the the process. But now you're looking at it going, what the hell happened to the point where it's a sieve? Like, whatever the defense brings and wherever they're coming from, they're getting where they need to go. And I think the Jets' front four is better than the Titans' front four. But you have to protect four when you have five. Sometimes the Texans are using a tight end. Sometimes they're using their running back in protection. And they can't stop four-man rushes. Uh, it's, It's not good right now. So... I can envision a scenario on Sunday where Davis Mills is your starting quarterback, where your starting receivers are Robert Woods and Noah Brown, your starting tight end is Brevin Jordan, and you have an offensive line right now that's not playing well, that has allowed 16 sacks in the last four games, a lot more pressures, and Davis Mills is more stationary than C.J. Stroud. I am terrified of what the offense can look like on Sunday. Now, hopefully you get Nico back. Uh, I'm already kind of ruling C.J. Stroud out. Hopefully you can get Dalton Schultz back. Maybe the offensive line can figure some things out. But that does not look good. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Blake Cashman's going to miss a couple of weeks. And if you would have told me at the beginning of the Mm. season that Blake Cashman's going to miss a couple of weeks and I would have been in my feelings about that, I would have said you're crazy. But this linebacker core is not good. It's not good. It's not good. unsung impact player all year long. That if you haven't watched this team very carefully, you probably would just not even bat an eye at the fact that he's going to miss the game. But if you watched this team consistently and realized from being able to cover guys in passing situations to getting home to stopping the run to being athletic and covering all over the field, that's a big loss for this team. We talk about the brother-in-law thing with the linebackers where if 2020 isn't playing well, Christian Harris plays well and, and how there's a lot of trade-offs. One guy that hasn't needed anybody to trade off with that has been active all season long is Cashman. If he's going to miss some time, that's a big blow to this defense. He's probably been your best linebacker, which is is it's two things. One, it's a big blow when he's hurt. Secondly, it tells you the sad state of what your linebackers are. If Blake Cashman's your best linebacker, and I like Blake Cashman. I think Blake, Blake Cashman's a pretty good player. I think he's an underrated player. If Blake Cashman's your best linebacker, your linebacker room's in trouble. Secondly, as we mentioned, if Blake Cashman's hurt, now you're in deep doo-doo. You're looking at Denzel Perryman playing a lot, which Perryman's fine against the run, not good against coverage. He's good against the run. But your second linebacker's probably going to be Jay Camp. I mean, Christian Harris is in the mix, too. But the guy who's going to fill in for for Blake Cashman, more times than not, instead of Henry Toa Toa, is going to be Hanson. And if you're playing a decent amount of Hanson snaps, you're playing a decent amount of Toa Toa snaps. And the Titans are not a team where you're going to play a whole lot of nickel, by the way. You're going to be in base quite a bit because they're going to play a lot of heavy packages, 12 personnel. They want to run the football and then play action off of that. So this is this is a week where you're playing a lot of your base defense. If there was a week that was bad, like worse than any other week, it's this week because you have a heavy running team that runs a lot of 12 personnel. You're going to have to play your base defense, which means a healthy dose of Jake Hansen and Henry Toa Toa. I do not like the way Sunday is stacking up at all. Plus, you got to 
a, a diesel train, a diesel truck, Mack truck coming at you in Derrick Henry when he gets the football. And you you have to be able to, yeah, your defensive line, I think, is capable of, of putting a body on him and kind of standing him up a little bit. But those linebackers are going to have to help in a hurry. And they're going to have to be all over the football, you know, all over the line of scrimmage to make sure he doesn't just run wild. Because we've seen it happen before to the Texans by Derrick Henry, and he's not by any means the same Derrick Henry. But believe you me, with a rookie quarterback capable of making the mistakes we talked about, they're going to do it. And if we if the Texans don't stop it early on, they're going to give you the steadiest dose of Derrick Henry you've ever seen and go, we don't need to worry about Will Levis making a mistake. They also we need Hopkins, to make- man. Like, you know what I mean? Like- he made a big play. You know, and, and as much as they've gotten into it on the sidelines a little bit, they've got a connection already. And when Levis just has to wind up and let the cannon go, he finds D-Hop, and D-Hop is obviously with those hands capable of making plays. Weird part of me thinks that D-Hop liked Levis snapping back at him. Like it's like oh okay I got a I got a little bit of an alpha here a little bit of a dog that I didn't yeah, I got expect. A, yeah I got yeah. a little dog I thought he was gonna bow down be a little you know be a little Brian Hoyer oh no he's he's getting back onto me all right I can ride with you uh, I think he kind of liked that a yeah, little all right bit. kid keep going yeah I think he did kind of like that a little bit yeah this so you already have a bad defense You're, it's gonna be without your best linebacker in a game where you need linebacker play. Doesn't look good. Hopefully, you get some good news on some of these injury guys because I think the Texans are in trouble, man. You can't protect. All these weapons are hurt. Your quarterback's hurt. Your best linebacker's out. I think the Texans are in deep trouble here. Road game, rookie quarterback with confidence. Yeah, don't like it. 713 780 ESPN. We, we have a segment every Tuesday when the Texans win. Don't ignore in victory what you wouldn't in defeat. We're going to flip that today. Don't ignore and defeat what you wouldn't in victory. 713-780-3776. This is your chance for, oh, those killer bees are too negative. Talk about all the positive stuff. What positive stuff do you want us to talk about? 713-780-3776. Killer bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about Pajamagram. Look, pajamagram.com is where you need to go if you still have to do some holiday shopping for your significant other because you don't have to brave the crowds and the mall and the parking spots and and waiting in line and then finding out they're out of things that you need or you you would like to get for somebody. This is as simple as it gets. You just get online, you go to pajamagram.com and you check out all the different things that you can get for your significant other. And in a lot of cases, like those naturally nude pajamas, you can get a gift that keeps on giving it giving. It's a giving season, but it's going to give back to you when you give that gift because of the fact that these naturally nude pajamas are like second skin. They are soft. They are supple. They fit every curve, and they are going to be phenomenal when they wear it for you. And on top of that, they got a great deal going right now with a two-for-one where if you buy the set of pajamas, you get a $75 naturally nude nightgown thrown in on top of it. Two for the price of one. They can wrap it right there online for you, get it to you by Christmas, and get it shipped and out the door so you are taken care of and don't have to worry about it anymore. She's going to love the gift. You're going to be the hero for giving it to her. And the fact is, like I said, it's going to be a happy holiday season because you won't need mistletoe and everything's going to be going your way come Christmas time and in the months going past that. Check it out today. Go to pajamagram.com. Check out the Naturally Nude Pajamas. Get the two-for-one deal and be a hero this holiday season. Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. 2010 says uh, 78's a great left tackle, but a horrible teammate just saying, I'll let that one be. You can comment on it if you like, Blankers. Say it again. Uh, 78 is a great left tackle. Certain things I can't say. But a horrible teammate just saying. So the texture said. Oh. The texture said. 
I didn't say it. Texture said it. I, I'm I think, not going to comment. I, I can comment and say, easy, Big Frank. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is the track record states he can be a pretty less than teammate. He can make a thumb injury into a season ender or close to it. He can not practice with minimal injuries until coaxed with a checkbook to get back out there. Um, whether you are hell-bent on a highlight that happened this year or you just look at the overall body of work or lack thereof, there's legitimacy to some of that. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line before we get into the do not ignore and defeat what you wouldn't in victory. See what we did there? Uh, let's get Alan in here. Alan, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Alan? Hey, Alan, how y'all doing today? Awesome. Hey, look here. I predict special teams going to play a big role Sunday for the win. I'll let y'all think about that. See what y'all think. Great Thanks. call. Appreciate the call, Alan. That was fantastic. Can't wait there. for the field goal kicking situation. I'm pumped up that we get Kaimi Fairbairn back because now all of a sudden it opens up field goals outside of 40 yards. Not that D'Amico Ryans didn't try. D'Amico Ryans still tried to kick field goals that were 40 yards or greater. They just failed epically. Uh, he doesn't make field goals from 40 yards plus. Uh, he tried a 58-yarder. Now, it was actually his best kick. He just didn't get it over the crossbar. Uh, I'm excited to get Kaimi Fairbairn back. A question a kicker having muscles that get strained enough that he misses five weeks. But, hey, we got him back. Fairbairn's back. He might have been on the Tunsil recovery plan. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, it took a little longer, but hopefully, you know, now the absence makes the heart grow fonder. And now a lot of the hate that was directed at him will be all love and the fact that they need him to come through in the clutch. Yeah, well, I hope so. Maybe he's the difference that they've been, uh, they've been looking for. Uh, don't ignore and defeat what you wouldn't in victory. So what are some positives from this debacle? 713-780-3776. Blankers, can you think of any? Um, I thought that um, the, uh, the ball boys did a heck of a job doing their best to keep the footballs in a good situation for their team. Okay. There was one where a ball boy got knocked out early in the game. I think Stroud hit him. I can't remember. Now you, you, oh, it was when Stroud got hit by Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams got cut for roughing the passer. Should have yeah. been called for two. Right. He was called for one. Uh, it was the one where they threw it into the end zone. There was roughing the passer and defensive pass interference on the same play. When Quinnen Williams shoved C.J. Stroud into the sideline, he just, he he took out a ball boy, like, badly. Really? Yeah, but he, like, hopped back up. was fine, but it was a pretty vicious hit. Because you know that he was in the last couple of weeks, he's had a real issue with the, the footballs. In terms of they were slippery, and then it became the fact that Dieter's butt was too sweaty, or his jersey, his and his jersey butt was, was too sweaty. Wet. Yeah, yeah. He made him change his jersey. Right. He, I did see him go to a ball boy talking about like yep. this, like throw this one out. Yeah, give me another one. I think it's, it's kind of like a pitcher, though. Obviously, when the pitchers keep throwing baseballs out till they get one they like. So the one with Dieter is because it was slippery. Yeah. I think the one yep. where he went to the ball boy, I actually thought he thought it was like too deflated. Really? I think he wanted it a little bit more firm. I, the way I was, you know, obviously we're trying to read lips and figure out body language, but it looked like he was saying on the grip that it was, at one point, that it was like sliding out of his hand. Huh. I wonder. Hmm, interesting. Either way, it obviously wasn't ideal and he had an issue with it. But, I, I mean, look, I'm searching for positives for this. Yeah, game. I got quite a few, actually. Okay, uh, Poncho, Poncho said number 51 on the Texans D's an overhyped slacker. That's just mean, Poncho. I actually thought Anderson had a good game. Uh, I didn't see it live. Like, him, like the, watching the game live, I didn't think that Anderson really did a whole lot. Going back and watching the film, I thought Anderson played pretty well. He didn't record a stat, like zero sacks, zero tackles. He had, like, two hurries, whatever. Uh, and, yes, that unsportsmanlike penalty was ignorant it was it was dumb it, it prolonged a drive instead of third and long you gift them a first down which later ended in a touchdown drive and it went from a one possession game to a two possession game 
But he was pretty active. Like There was a couple of times where he forced Zach Wilson to throw the football quicker than he would have liked, led to incomplete passes. He had a couple of quarterback hits. I thought he did a good job of blowing up the right tackle. And they were, they were playing a new right tackle and a new right guard, so he should have feasted. Uh, but I actually thought Anderson was a lot better than he looked like live. Uh, I thought the other defensive end was a fantastic. I mean, John Grenard had two sacks he in this really game. He really was good. John Grenard had two sacks in this game, had a couple of other pressures, was good against okay, the run game. And let's talk, let's talk about Grenard. No, no, we can. Because yeah. now he's at double-digit sacks. Yeah, like, he's at 10 sacks, the most he's ever had in a single season in his entire career. I know we brought him up last week as, like, what does his contract look like? The more I think about it, the more I think he's going over $20 million a year. That's scary. I know. It means he's probably not a Texan. Probably going somewhere else. He's obviously going to probably end up somewhere else with a a team that needs him more and is willing to overspend to get him and get him away from Houston. And that's that's a difficult situation because you got some bookends right now that are young and active and and can get back there and and, and put some pressure on the quarterback. And and that's a really positive thing. But yeah, he was a positive. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he was active. He was all over the place. He was doing what he's been doing consistently all season long. And this was a conversation we were having two years ago until he had last year where he just had a, a throwaway season that he'd like to forget. And we would probably like to do the same. This year, he has been what he was, what we saw two years ago. And that was when you and I were talking about is this the year he gets to double digits? I mean, he has that kind of talent. He's now harnessing it and doing what he needs to do with it, where he's going to get paid. And it's paying off for the Texans, at least for this season. I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off, too. Like After last year, there was a lot of doubt. Same thing. as It's like in a, in, a, in a bigger situation, it's what they did with after the Jets game. They were writing off the fact that the Texans' playoff hopes. They lost, they On the more bigger scale, they looked at what Grenard did last year and said, nope, you know what? It was a, a one-year wonder, and he's not going to be anything. Yeah, uh, I... I've- Really impressed by him this year. Um, probably puts him in the $20 million a year range. And I, I lean that if he's in the $20 million a year range, I, I think he's probably not a Texan. Uh, six seven six one. Will Anderson makes everyone better. People are so harsh about him. He does make people better. Now, I think that what's weird about Anderson is that you do have a lot of people that manufacture these analytical stats that... Okay, how much do they matter? And it's like, eh, just get the counting stats, get the num- get the normal numbers, like get the get the sacks, get the tackles, get the TFLs, get those hurries. And he does. Like I think Anderson's a good football player. Now, he to me, he's a two move guy. It's either bull rush, and there was one bull rush I posted on Twitter at Jeremy Branham, or he he just goes right over a dude. Like he went right over the right tackle, just abused him. It's like, okay, this guy's got a bunch of a bunch of punch. He's got a bunch of power, and he does. Or he goes speed, where he tries to get up the field, get around a guy. I for him to be, I think, an elite pass rusher. I think he's going to have to develop a move or two. He can't just be only bull rush. He can't just be only speed. He's going to need it. I don't even think he needs to develop a lot of moves. I think he needs to develop one move that's well respected, and then a counter off of that move. Because now you're looking at really good move. You're looking at the counter move. You're looking at the bull rush, and you're looking at the speed rush. To me, he's got to develop at least that one move this off season. The way I look at it, though, is like the guys that went to dream to find the dream shake and then they found a couple other moves on top of it. He's 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 in the he's not even close to the prime of his career. He's so young and he's, he's so impressionable that if he gets the proper coaching over the next season or two, he's going to be a guy that can just we're talking about Will, right? Yes. Yeah, the the fact that he's going to be a guy that sometimes he's going to find things out on the fly. Like he's going to do something a counter like you're talking about and then find out, "Hey, if I stop or start looking start a swim and then you know, roll into a spin, I can do some things that they're not expecting. I can catch them off guard. I just think there's no doubt about the talent, the skill set, and the fact that he looks like a guy that's going to pick up whatever you're putting down. Yeah. 
It's just he's so young that right. you know you don't know what his ceiling is. I, I do think he's going to develop into that stuff. Like he he's a sharp kid. He's smart. He has the skill set. He's got the power. He's got the speed. He's got the quickness. He's got the agility. I think he is going to develop that. Now some of this is how much he's willing to work. And from everything we're told, he has tremendous work ethic and he has the desire to learn and he's hungry to learn. If that stuff's true, I expect him to add like to his bag. And it, right now, I think it's very vanilla. I think it's very basic. I think it's why he doesn't have a tremendous tremendous amount of sacks i think some of, i think i think all of his sacks are because of his raw skill and his motor now put raw skill together with his motor and then develop a move or two i mean i do think he can turn into that top level pass rusher but he's not there yet no but all kidding aside the other thing jeremy is the fact that we were talking about jj watt and the potential to come back and all those things he could do a lot worse than taking a page out of jj watt's book and working with him the way a lot of guys were going to to go to dream yeah just show me what you know you know what teach me what I don't know that I know could help me for the next several years. Right. J.J.'s got enough of that in the, and enough experience with that to show him a lot of things. Maybe some of the things J.J. knows but can't do himself, but that a guy with the athleticism of Will Anderson could do. Yeah, I don't. I don't care who it is. Right. I don't care who it right is guy. as long as Anderson adds it to his bag. Like a lot of times, great players are terrible coaches. Not to say that what, what is. The large one's the opposite. Uh, I don't care who he learns it from. Yeah. Just learn. What's that? Oh, you're talking about guys that were great players that weren't great coaches. Who, what was your positive? Don't ignore uh, uh, him. Sheldon Rankins. Victory. He, he, I love his Sheldon game. Rankins is a guy that you don't want to lose. Uh, another guy, but in, in maybe a lesser situation than the importance of a Grenard, but a guy that has been a big impact player for this team that has shown you that he is a guy that you could do a lot worse than if you're moving forward and retaining him and trying to re-sign him and making a part of your core front seven because Sheldon Rankins is a beast. I love his game. They're going to they're gonna have some decisions, man. Like, they have to decide on him. you got to decide on Grenard. You're going to have to decide on um, what you're doing. Yeah. I would like to think that Cashman would kind of take a, a decent deal Collins. for you because he's not had this. I think Collins is up, too. And I then Steven so Nelson. Too. Yeah, and like, Steven Nelson. Yep. Dalton Schultz. Like, they have all these fringe, what do you do with free agents? Like, it's going to be a fun conversation in the offseason. You know what I really would like to have for this Houston Texans team? Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams a is a beast. He's so good. He is so disruptive. And he... You talk about a guy that just want just size wise alone, but with the athleticism of a that you're not supposed to have at that size to take on two blockers whenever he has to, and just moves people <laughs> and just disrupts everything and gets into the backfield, and then has the physical force to just pound you into the ground. He's he's a he's a monster. I kind of hate him because he hurt C.J. Stroud, but um, he's so good. Yep. He Michael Dieter is going to have nightmares for the rest of his life about the boogeyman, and the boogeyman's going to be Quinnen Williams. I think he hurt. That's a bold statement. I don't want to go that far. Michael Dieter's pro football focus grade was in the 20s. In the 20s, because Quinnen Williams is a living beast. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line. They brought his brother in. And you you would think it was like a, the tech, the, uh, the, the Jets. Jets? Yeah. He has a brother. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and his brother is having it like a, 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 a he's a linebacker that is absolutely killing it for real. Yeah, how come I don't know this? They were talking about I need all, to hang the out with Jake Asman more. The, yeah, the fact is he had five tackles on Sunday. They brought him in. They I did they, not they, even. They're hear saying that. that he is absolutely having a, a career year. And I thought at the start of the year it was like a Giannis situation where you're just bringing in his brother to do a solid for the, you know, one of your best defenders. 
and the dude's playing his ass off. Kevin Harlan mentioned this? Oh, yeah. yeah. How did I miss this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, the AFC is wide open. If you looked at these standings, Joe's playing with the NFL playoff calculator or whatever it's called. The AFC is wide open. Joe, I think, might have uncovered something, though, with the Texans. What it would take for them to get there. But let's talk about how wide open the AFC is after week 14 of the NFL season. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.